You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tux Aruturi. This is episode 33. Thank you for tuning in to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we are being inspired by a John Naisbitt quote, and it says, we are drowning in information, but starved for knowledge. Episode 33 is Decoding Fear, Navigating Barriers Using the Fear Response. How are you? What's been happening? I have been reading a book by Jamie Kern Lima, and it's called Believe It. Jamie is the founder of It Cosmetics, which was acquired by L'Oreal for $1.2 billion. Yes, you heard me. One point two billion stinking dollars for a company that she started in her living room. So Jamie is my woman crush at the moment because I'm inspired by anyone who chooses to use their authentic self to break barriers. I've left the details of her book in the show notes and I've also left the details of um, Patrice Washington's podcast which is where I first heard about her from. Because authenticity is everything. (laughs) This week, we're continuing with our series on fear. Last week, we compared faith and fear. Last week, obviously, episode 32. If you haven't listened to it, hit the pause button and go back so that you can have a good foundation and understand where I'm coming from because I'm going to be making references to the previous episode. I decided to do a mini-series on fear because it happens to be one of the natural emotions that God has gifted us with, yet when we leave it unchecked, it can hold us back. And I have allowed it to limit me in so many areas of my life. And each time, it made sense. It was logical. Don't know about you, but until the opportunity passed, and (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, what was I afraid of again? Why did I you know, hold back? Why did I not do this? And by then it's too late. Of course, we know that growth happens, we become more mature and able to handle what we were afraid of only a few months earlier. But can you even imagine what would happen if you could borrow confidence from your future self, from the person that you will become? That's another whole series on future mindedness that we're going to do in the future. And I'm looking forward to that. Where were we? We're talking about fear. So fear almost always makes sense. And if you allow it free reign, it will stop you from making great strides because all around you, there's an abundance of evidence telling you why you should believe the fear. So I thought we will dive into the physiology and psychology of this emotion and then use that to understand how it plays out when we're imagining it. Today we will look at a woman by the name of Sue Yellowtail and her close encounter with death. I believe that by drawing comparisons between a real human response to a physical danger and comparing it to how we respond to stepping out of our comfort zone, for example, we can understand how to navigate it. Because psychologists will tell us that the brain cannot distinguish between real and imagined risks. And 
consequently, we tend to respond in the same manner. This is the story of a woman who came face to face with a mountain lion. In preparing this episode, I did some research on how people have responded when they have cited extreme danger like wild animals. And the responses depends on the circumstances, such as the proximity of danger and its accessibility to the subject. And I'm sure also how large the danger is, however we measure danger. Many of us have come close to wild beasts in the zoo or perhaps on safari. And these encounters, if you'd call it that, gives us the privilege of admiring and observing and talking about them in a safe space because we are obviously separated by a triple or quadruple glazed glass or layers of wire fences. But if that same animal were to stand the same distance without the separation, (laughs) we wouldn't stand and admire it. We'll get into the fear response or the four F's as psychologists call it. Freeze, flight, fight or fright. So we're all familiar with the fight or flight response because that's what they taught us at school, at least in the 80s. I was at university when I first heard about the third option, which is freeze, and I only recently learned about the fourth, which is fright. In Sue's encounter, she went through all four responses, which I hope you'll find not only interesting but helpful in knowing how to navigate an uncomfortable situation where your stress or your fear response crops up. Her job involved collecting water samples in remote areas that were deserted or in some cases completely out of bounds of the general public. So picture a 25-year-old young lady carrying out a lonely and alone role with just her truck and her little bits of tools for company. On this particular day, she came across an animal staring at her. She was out of her car. She was in the water, in the stream, and she just managed to make out that it was a cougar, camouflaged by the brown leaves that it was hiding behind. The animal stared right back at her, motionless, and she was also frozen in shock. Sue had entered into the first stage of the fear response, which is freeze. Now, you and I know that given a choice, we would not necessarily choose to freeze when we come across this sort of danger. The truth is, when fear is involved, our instincts take over our... And while instincts might be basic in nature, they are not basic in function. Because a lot of brain activity that you are completely unaware of is kick-started when you're exposed to extreme danger with the goal of keeping you safe. Your heart rate slows down, your blood pressure shoots up, your muscles tense in case you have to run or fight, and your pupils dilate to allow you to take in the full picture and assess the extent of the danger. Your body may even tremble and your eyes will bulge. All of this is not voluntary. So we have no control over this aspect of our reaction. It's the fear response that has taken over. You don't have any control over it. 
it just happens. And I think it's incredible that God has wired into all of creation instinctive survival techniques that will help us in times of danger. Freezing occurs when the danger is not immediate. So yes, it is clear and it's present. And in the case of Sue, at this stage, the animal had not yet pounced and that's why she was frozen. The brain's aim when it comes to you freezing is to keep the situation exactly as it is, not to reduce the distance between you and whatever the situation that you're scared of is. And in Sue's case, again, it was to not cause the cougar to move. So while she was in the freeze state, her body was busy being primed for physical action. Remember in the previous episode, one of the features of fear is that fear hates movement. When you're facing an opportunity that's bigger than where you currently stand, you experience Yira. Yira is the Hebrew word for a particular type of fear that is felt when you come into a space that's awe-inspiring. And the example I gave in the previous episode is the same sort of fear that Moses experienced when he was when he saw the burning bush and God said, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. And there's a whole lot more detail about it in the previous episode. So Moses is looking at this unnatural sight that doesn't make sense, and yet he is drawn towards it and he walks towards it. The other type of fear, which is a lesser type, uh, Picard, won't let you move. <laughs> it'll root you to the spot and it'll say, where do you think you're going? My friend, sit down there. I mentioned that I've been staring at a business opportunity and been way too scared to make a move. And that's because I'm in a space that I've never been before and it's huge. I've been experiencing Yira. But Picard, which is the debilitating fear, has also stepped in because <laughs> you can feel both at the same time. And that fear is what has stopped me from making what I know is a logical move, but it's keeping me bound, so to speak, or has kept me bound. If you find that you're immobilized due to the fear of taking the next step, understand that your body is being prepared to handle whatever comes your way. This also means that if your brain is interpreting this next step as, as, a, as danger, then it also means that you're being primed and prepared to run from it. And your energy will likely be given to sabotaging this opportunity you're looking at. So you've heard of people or you may even have been in situations where you just can't explain why something did not work out for you. But if you're being fully honest with yourself, you will see that you were doing things to, to rob yourself of the opportunity. Perhaps you turned up late. Uh, perhaps you said something you shouldn't have said or you were supposed to send an email and you didn't do it. But we just find ways to hold ourselves back and stop us from going into what we think subconsciously is a dangerous situation. What I found interesting too was that predators also freeze when they see a prey. This time, not in fear, obviously, but it's, the, it's for the same reason. They don't want the world be um, uh, food or prey to get startled and run, thereby widening the distance between them. So when you find yourself unable to proceed in a new opportunity, it's really your brain telling you that it's safer to keep your distance than it is to move forward. Many people have passed on opportunities for roles that required 
more responsibility because it was safer to look at it from the distance. Talk about how one day they'll get there and then uh, find that they're just not able to move towards it and accept it. So what are the signs of freezing? What does it look like? It looks like stalling. When an imagined or non-tangible dangerous situation shows up, and when we say imagined or non-tangible, we're obviously talking about not real physical danger, but uh, danger for it that prevents you from progressing or propelling forward. Talking is one sign. Talking is a counterfeit of doing. You've probably heard me say this more than once. Because what talking does is it keeps the threat, or should we say the opportunity, in your line of vision, so you don't lose sight of it, but it doesn't allow you to close the gap between where you are and where you want to get to. Talking is what hostage negotiators do. They hold conversations with a kidnapper to keep them thinking and operating at the same level. And when they do, they're careful to avoid saying anything that might startle them suddenly. So they, they keep the conversation on an even keel. They come down to their level and they talk about everyday things, just anything to keep the mind of the kidnapper on the same level. Another sign that you're stalling or freezing is uh, stress, particularly when there is no apparent reason for you to be stressed. That's a sign that you're holding still. Remember that our brains respond to both real and imagined danger the same way. So it helps to have a trusted friend who can then take an aerial view of your life and tell you that there's no real danger and that if you proceed, you'll actually be moving in a better direction. I am so thankful for my ride or die friends and I thank God for the ones that I don't even speak to often, yet whenever we chat, they encourage me and they give me a word that tells me, keep going, you're doing the right thing. If you don't have anyone that you can talk to that encourages you, I've got two assignments for you. <laughs> Number one, find a public figure or perhaps an author that has walked this path before and learn from them. It might even just be your boss or someone in your industry that you look, up, you look, you look up to. The other thing to do is you're not learning how they did it. You're just doing the studying of their life to learn that any imagined fear can be overridden. Second assignment is to write out the attributes you'd like to see in such a friend and then begin to cultivate them within yourself because like attracts like. Agitation or restlessness is another clue. I became restless just before I started writing and speaking publicly about my life experiences. I was so agitated and even at a point I had aches and pains. And one day while journaling, I uncovered that the aches and the pains I was having was due to holding the gift in tightly. While that gift was trying to come out, I was expending all of my energy keeping it in. It actually became more work to be quiet <laughs> or to not write than it was to actually use the gift that God gave me. I deliberately distanced myself from the idea of public speaking 
I distracted myself, took on other activities and hobbies, and I got really busy doing everything else that sounded like I was interested in it, but really was just to distract me. If you find that you keep jumping from one thing to another, and sometimes it's even related, there's a possibility that you're freezing or you're stalling. For example, you have a yearning to start your own line of cosmetics, but instead you try your hand at selling every beauty product that's out there, or you go and work with cosmetic companies, and you might convince yourself that you're just learning in the industry or that you're saving up money. All of the excuses that you'll come up with will be logical, I guarantee you. They'll be logical, they'll make sense to you, they'll make sense to everyone around you, but they may not be the steps you need to take for your goal because things that are logical don't necessarily need to be true for you. To quote from the article which I read about Sue Yellowstone, freezing is essentially a temporary measure a stopgap until the danger either goes away or becomes more pressing. Ooh, I think we should just wrap it up here because this says everything. I'm going to say that again. I'll read it again, but this time we'll swap the word danger for what it really is, opportunity. Freezing is essentially a temporary measure, a stopgap until the opportunity either goes away or becomes pressing. It is a posture that asks the question, what next? When freezing becomes your normal state of being, we have a problem. We see that with people who spend their years studying and acquiring multiple degrees and professional qualifications, but never ever using them. I received a Facebook request recently from someone who has a long bio, and I counted 20 qualifications which was a mix of degrees and professional qualifications. Well, I don't know anything about this person, but I can only <laughs> fictionify his life using his bio as my opening chapter because for all we know, he is using his degrees and he is working alongside while acquiring them. But I know that there are people, and you may know them too, or maybe you're even one of them, that has spent their whole life preparing for the life they want to live but they never actually get to leave the life. So the preparation becomes the lifestyle. When studying to further your career becomes your career, there's a problem. When researching your industry to begin a business becomes a full-time and permanent vocation, we've got a problem. So Sue Yellowtail takes in the full picture, which is that she's in real danger and locks eyes with the cougar or mountain lion and it began to move forward towards her. Now she now entered into the second phase which is flight. I don't know about you but I've always envisioned flight to involve running as fast as your legs can carry you but she didn't do that. She had been a biology major and had studied predator behavior Besides, she was on the other side of the stream from where her car was. So she begins to wade backwards, still staring at the cougar, but going backwards towards the other side of the stream, which and also towards her car, because she knew that turning her back would signal vulnerability, and that would then kick off the animal's attack instinct. 
So when she got to the other end of the stream, rather than climb up the bank, bank which would then again expose her back, she chose to walk alongside the stream, hoping that the animal would just cross over and go straight across, the, you know, over the bank. But no, this one was hungry. This one had plans for her. And she was very snackable. It followed her. It didn't go over the bank like she was hoping it would. Instead, it began to walk along the stream with her. And then she crosses back to the other side and still it followed her. And at this point, she knew that she was in real trouble. Well, I knew from day one. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I see cougar, mountain lion, anything wild. I know that I'm in trouble at that point. Well, hopefully, understanding the response will help us now that we're learning. So at this point, she began throwing rocks and ice and anything she could grab. And she was shouting at it, but it kept coming she wanted to run. Everything in her wanted to run. But she also knew that running would then stroke the predator's instinct to attack. Because you know what they say, that animals can smell fear. And when a predator knows you're scared, it has won. It basically owns you. And that's why we have to pull a poker face or poker behavior when confronted by a force that appears to be more powerful than us. Whether it's a big organization coming for a small company or the neighborhood bulldog. I'm a fan of the TV show Columbo. You've probably heard me mention Columbo a few times. <laughs> I even called, I was meant to be saying Columbia on one of the podcasts and I kept saying, calling Miss Columbia, I kept calling her Miss Columbo. That's how much I love the program. Now, one mistake that all the moderators, bar none, make is talking too much or making unnecessary movements. If they could just shut up and stay still, no change in habits, no change in routine, while Luton and Columbo will know that they did kill their victim because he always knows at the start, he would struggle to prove it. At this point, the animal was so close that it was ready to pounce. And Ms. Yellowstone ran with everything she had. How you respond to perceived danger depends on a number of factors, one of which is your past experience, because fear tends to pull from the past and the present, which can be helpful in the case of protecting you from bad relationships, but it can also hurt you, just like it did in the movie The Runaway Bride. Now, this is a 1999 movie with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. And basically, she kept dating guys and getting engaged to them. They were supposed to get married. But every single time she even saw the altar from the door, she would run. So a journalist, which is Richard Gere, was assigned to follow her story and write a story about her life. And at the point we get into the movie, she meets, she's dating and engaged to this one guy who is a sports coach. Or PE guy, I can't remember. And he uses techniques used, used by athletes to coach her, to teach her how to focus and really does help her. So the night before the wedding, they do the wedding rehearsal and she's walking down the aisle and he's coaching her. So he doesn't stand at the altar, but he gets the journalist, Richard Gare, good looking, handsome Richard Gare, regardless of how old he ever will be, gets him to stand at the altar 
as the groom, and then he stands next to his his fiance Julia Roberts and starts talking to her, telling her to focus and to keep going. And she's indeed focusing on this handsome guy standing at the altar. And you know what happens when she gets there? She makes it to the altar for the first time ever, but of course she also kisses this fine guy who wouldn't, right? <laughs> and everything falls apart. But her commitment issues were birthed out of past experiences and she just couldn't get past it. And so focus does work. Don't go and kiss someone else's guy, but focus works. <laughs> It is said also that victims of domestic abuse have a pattern of choosing the same type of men. There are women who only date older men due to daddy issues from their childhood. There are people who are racist because of an experience with one person or perhaps two people from a particular race. And they now associate that experience with everyone in that race. And thanks to certain publications, you know yourselves, you keep that image that negative image maintained. Whatever you repeatedly think or hear or experience, you will eventually believe it to be true. In the case of the runaway bride, the process was the issue. She wanted to get married. She went as far as buying wedding dresses and everything and was in love with these men. She even swapped her, well, I won't tell you more because it's, it's linked to something else. But anyway, she <laughs> carries on. And the pro problem she had was not the goal. The problem was the process of getting to the goal. And I have a question. What if your best life involves climbing seven mountains and seven seas, while your mediocre life involves traveling merrily on a straight path? Which one will you choose? In the next episode, we will explore what happened next in Sue's journey as we look at the other two responses, fight and fright. But in the meantime, here's something you can do this week. Think of a goal, an opportunity or a dream, I guess, that you've been carrying and going back and forth on for a while. Go back in time to identify the opportunities that came up and you didn't take them. Are you able to take an aerial view of that scene or those scenes and identify why you didn't take the openings? Do rate and review this episode and connect with me on social so we can chat some more. I would love to know what part of it has resonated with you. My handle is Tux Arotere, my first name and surname with no spaces or dashes. The link to it is in the show notes and I'm on instagram facebook twitter and linkedin most active on instagram and facebook well, and linkedin as well linkedin i use a lot for business Ooh, and that fear i talked about that's been holding me back well i have now taken step one <laughs> towards it i've unfrozen myself yay and i'll tell you how it's going I also want to know what you're struggling with because I'd love to help. Send me a DM or an email or join my mailing list. Talk to me. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, remember to leave from the inside out. Bye.